Hello, this is Bill Warner with another podcast on anything and everything related to political Islam. Pam Geller did an interview with a 20-year naval instructor. She asked him a question that's very important, and the answer is, although it's terrible, is not unsurprising. In all that time, from 1998 to 2018, were you given one class, one lesson, or recommended any book or anything at all in which you discussed Islam's doctrine of warfare against the Kafir? No, not one. This sort of sums it up, doesn't it? We didn't, the reason we lost the war in Afghanistan was we didn't know who the enemy was. And here we have a member of the military, a naval officer, who is a trainer, teacher, and he knows nothing about why we were there in Afghanistan. And why were we there in Afghanistan? We were opposing jihad in the Taliban. But we didn't know why we were there. No, not one. Instead, all of this training revolved around not offending Afghans' cultural sensitivity. Like, what is Ramadan? Don't point the soles of your feet at your guests. Don't ask about his wife and other such Islamic customs. Don't wave at people with your left hand or touch anyone with your that hand since it's considered unclean. So how are we ever going to defeat an enemy don't know and refuse to know? We lost a 20-year war because we refused to ask the question who was our enemy and then answer it with its doctrine. I'll tell you a story about the law enforcement, particularly FBI. There's a retired agent who's a student of mine, and he was dealing with talking to some young agents who were still active duty, and he asked them if they had any interest in learning about political Islam. And they were like, oh no, we don't want to know anything at all about Islam. He said, why not? They said, well, if we speak about Islam in any way that's negative or viewed as negative, we'll lose our job opportunities. So here we have the FBI, just like you have the uh, Navy not knowing anything at all about who the enemy is, and refusing to learn, even when given the opportunity. So how do you defeat ignorance? Well, you need knowledge, but we absolutely refuse to have any knowledge about it. We won't listen. We won't read. Why we're all afraid of being called Islamophobes. The Muslim Brotherhood has done a great job here. They're running our training programs. The House passes a law relating to Islamophobia. The House has approved a bill for the State Department to create a special envoy for monitoring and combating Islamophobia, including state-sponsored Islamophobic violence and impunity in the Department's annual Human Rights Report. This is a big deal. This brings Sharia into the governmental system because they don't define Islamophobia. So Islamophobia turns out to be anything that a Muslim doesn't like. We're going to see a lot of legal action come out of this, and it's not going to be nice. You need to understand that this is a global problem, that the same kind of thing is being done in the United Kingdom, Australia, and and other parts of Europe. Now, since we're talking about Islamophobia, I want to make a mention about the difference between anti-Muslim and anti-Islam. Muslims are people. I never talk about Muslims. I do talk about one Muslim, Muhammad. Other than that, I don't talk about Muslims. 
I do, however, talk a great deal about Islam. I'm very much against Islam. I despise child marriage, wife beating, jihad, and all there's a long list of things about the doctrine of Islam that I despise. And I have my reasons for them because they harm other people. This is a constitutional question in the United States. We have freedom of religion, but part of the thing that Islam does is it says that once you join Islam, you can't leave it. That is, apostates can be killed. So freedom of religion will be redefined to being whatever Islam wants it to be. Now, the problem here is not this bill, this law that they're trying to pass. The problem are the gutless Kafirs, and Kafirs are non-believers. The gutless Kafirs are the problem. They're so afraid of being, well, they don't want anybody to think they're not nice. So we're willing to give away the entire Constitution so that people won't think that we're not nice. Well, I'd rather stand for truth than nice because I've met some nice people who did evil things. By the way, the term Islamophobia was created in the 60s by the Muslim Brotherhood. It has been amazingly effective. I thought it would disappear and go away, but everybody's afraid of being an Islamophobe. Well, I'm not afraid of being an Islamophobe, and it's not that I am crazy or neurotic, as phobia would indicate. I'm afraid of Islam because of what it actually does, the people it actually kills, the people it actually subjugates. The ultimate goal of this bill is simple. Any criticism of Islam is to be made ultimately into a crime. So freedom of speech is say goodbye to it under this bill. Christians, we will slit your throats on the Quran. On Wednesday, December 8th, at the Feast of Immaculate Conception, about 30 Catholic faithful were attacked in the street and threatened with death. Kafirs, the Muslim said, this is not your home. Wallah, that is, I swear to Allah, on the Quran, we will cut your throat, they told the priest who had opened the procession. The Muslims tell the Catholics, this is not your home, because in fact, it is already proven so. Like when hundreds illegally pray in the street. The Baptist Institute, which brings together a mosque and a private Muslim school, will double its capacity, bringing it to from 1,500 to 3,000 faithful, one of the largest Muslim places of worship in France. The phrase, France is ours, was shouted by a group of Islamists, and it, on the street has, it has become dangerous. The meaning is, France is the land of Islam. I'd like to tell you a little story about this. There's a politician here in Tennessee that I know who is Speaker of the House, and he and three other legislators had their plane tickets paid for so they could go to Europe and see what was coming to America. While they were in Brussels, one of the members of the Brussels government took them on a tour of Brussels. Now, the man whom I'm talking about, Matheny was his last name, used to be a cop. And so he noticed with his street awareness that as we, they were walking further and further into the Muslim part of Brussels, that phones, cell phones were being taken out, car, not car, apartment windows were opened, and there were more and more people gathering in front and behind them. Finally, a man walked up and says, hello, you do not belong here. And the man from the Brussels government says, I'm from the Brussels government. He said, you do not belong here. This is not Brussels. This is Morocco. If you do not leave, you will be harmed. 
So this is a personal story that backs up exactly what I've told you here. We need to understand something. Migration has a special name in Islam called Hijra. And Hijra is the migration. And after the migration, that is after Muslims arrive in a new place to dwell, they're to begin their jihad. And that's what's being done. Churches are under attack throughout France. Assassinations, arson, statues, graveyards are being destroyed. Jews do the same. They have meetings about the new anti-Semitism, but they never discuss what brings it about, which is Islam. So the Jews are as afraid as the Christians are. I'd like to make a note here about prayer in the street. Some will say, well, the Muslims have to pray. The Muslims can pray as much as they want, but the street is a public place. And when they commandeer the street, they're creating what in the United States is a misdemeanor. So this is the problem. We have Muslims who do not obey and respect our laws. They do what they want to do and we say, have a nice day. The Taliban have beheaded and hanged dozens of prisoners, a UN report reveals. The Taliban have beheaded and hanged dozens of prisoners and publicly displayed their bodies in extrajudicial hearings, a UN report has revealed. The report said the group had been recruiting child soldiers and squashing women's rights ever since taking power in Afghanistan in August. More than a hundred former Afghan national security forces have been killed since the takeover. At least eight Afghan activists and two journalists have been killed since, uh, since August, while the UN has documented 59 unlawful detentions and threats in their ranks. Well, welcome to Islam. Welcome to Sharia law on the street. There's going to be a lot more people who are beheaded and hanged. What they're doing right now is they're operating as quietly as possible because, believe it or not, they're going to try to get money from us. So these grotesque acts of human abuse will simply be hidden away. We won't see them, but they'll still be going on. Now, something is brought out here. Islam, Sharia, supports vigilante justice. So these people could be killed once a death warrant has been issued by a judgment or fatwa. These men can be killed as part of jihad. That is to say, vigilantism is part of Islam. For instance, if your daughter is too immoral in her appearance, you don't go to a, you need to go to a court to get anything done about that. You and your brothers and cousins can kill the girl on your own. There's no penalty for it. It doesn't say you can do it. It just says you won't be punished. So that's the, what we see here is that vigilante justice is being handed out and will continue to do so. We're going to keep on pretending like that the Taliban can be dealt with. Oh, it can be dealt with all right, like you deal with a rattlesnake. Thanks for listening. If you would like to learn more, please go to politicalislam.com or cspii.org.